Have you enjoyed listening to travel and shit? Well, then consider becoming a subscriber. Beginning December 1st, you can support the work I've been doing to get you an episode each week and get exclusive access to all episodes one week early. Beginning December 1st, exclusive early access will be given to subscribers. I'd love to give you first listen. Consider supporting the show and becoming a subscriber. For more info, go to travelandshitpodcast.com slash subscribe. I made it around the world And came back with stories to tell Different places to call home Now I'm never on my own Dietations to my people hitting foreign nations Food, traveling, shit, moving to live Life in the sky, stories to give The ones who make it there and can make it back Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Travel and Shit, your favorite travel podcast where your host, D. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. Jumping right to the motherfucking point, time travel. So there was a tweet that I came across a couple days ago, maybe a week or so. I will actually um, include it with the show notes. So just go to travelandshippodcast.com, go to episode and episodes, the drop down, and go to this week's episode. And I will have the tweet that I saw the screenshot for you um, on the website so that you can see what I'm actually talking about. Cause retweeting it again is not going to help you because then you have to go through the timeline. I'm saving you the trouble. Travelandshippodcast.com. Um, so the tweet was by a Peter Corden. Quadrin, don't know this man, um, but his tweet inspired this episode, so we give credit where credit is due. Um, his caption for the meme that he posted was, and mind you, the meme is Jim from the office, and he is in two different photos. There's a top photo, bottom photo, and the top photo he is pointing to a whiteboard. And in the second photo, he is just smiling by the whiteboard. Top photo. Um, Well, first of all, the caption says, this is the only real time travel paradox. So the top board where Jim is pointing in the meme says, when people travel to the past, they worry about radically changing the present by doing something small. In the bottom photo, it says, Few people think that they can radically change the future by doing something small in the present. Um, So of course that can have your brain going into, and reasonably so, right? Go into like larger, bigger societal things where, you know, you may think in terms of stopping to help somebody or larger causes, right? Think of global warming. Global warming is a perfect example. One would think, what can I do? I'm just me. Um, I'm not going to save the planet from the ozone layer being completely depleted at some point. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and buy uh, the super large truck that has tons of exhaust. That's not the direction I went, even though reasonable. My brain was thinking, hmm. I wonder what things I can do now that would get me prepared for future travel. But 
not necessarily in the more traditional ways that you may think, right? Because I asked this question on my social media and I was asking more in terms of more in line, I should say, with unprepared travel, travel that you don't necessarily have planned. It wasn't necessarily for the intention of a booked trip or, you know, a destination specific, just in terms of big picture travel. So first of all, thank you to everybody that did answer and contributed to the conversation we were having, um, especially to those of you that follow me on Facebook. Um, the link for that is also in the episode description. So wherever you're listening, scroll to the bottom. There is a link to the Facebook if you would like to join that community. Um, but a lot of people, of course, said pack, uh, not pack, but accumulate travel size items. I too do that. That's one of the things that I do to prep for future travel. I remember from the last trip, I was in Target recently and I love that um, it's not, there's a dollar aisle where shit ain't never a dollar anymore, but there's that aisle in, I'd say like toiletries, it's near like soaps and lotions and all that stuff, but they've got like those bins that have like the dollar and the $5 different, like the packable things, the travel aisle, I like to call it. So it's got like your toiletry packs, it's got your travel size toothpaste, your travel size shampoo, lotions, all that jazz. Whenever I actually drag my ass into Target, I always like to go to that aisle and make sure that I pick up anything that I may need for a future travel, like toothpaste or um, shampoo, conditioners, because a lot of the things at the hotel, I don't have hair, but a bitch still needs to wash her hair. And I don't want something that's going to dry my scalp out. So while the shit at the hotels are cute, not exactly um, stuff that I would have, you know, used, even though I still took them. But say that to say, there are tons of traditional things people think of, right? Like um, learning the language of a place, learning the customs and traditions of a place. Um, initially, when I was in thinking of the topic, I'm like, okay, things like, um, okay, get right stay ready so you don't have to get ready, right? If you feel as if you want to look a certain way on the beach, this was actually boyfriend's idea, work out so that you don't have to be in a mad dash like six weeks before trying to, you know, cinch in the waist or, you know, get those abs popping back out or whatever. Reasonable thoughts, right? I, however, was thinking more in terms for this episode, what are things that we can do in terms of our personhood? What are ways that we can prepare ourselves for our future travel selves? Not necessarily item dependent, not location dependent, but self dependent. What are ways that we can tap in and focus on our persons, ourselves of today to better prepare our future selves. And I've got a list. So first, get comfortable trying new things. I personally suggest, um, so now this can go a couple different ways. Let me start with my personal experience. 25th birthday, I was 
wild nervous, had a quarter life crisis. I'm just, I don't have no man. I'm not going to have no kids before 30, blah, blah, blah. Well, I didn't. Um, I was right, but I was just worried about getting older because at 25, at 24 at the time, it was just, whoa, life is catching up. I'm old. I know. I know. But we've all been there. God willing, we are able to grow and age beyond that. So what I ended up doing in the height of this anxiety over, you know, what my life was going to be, don't ask me how I got here, but I decided to do something new every day for 30 days. And I actually was blogging at the time because I've been (laughs) about this digital life for a while. And I was inconsistent with that, but I was actually pretty fucking successful. I did some really simple things, but at the time were not simple for me. Things like going to a restaurant by myself, going to the movies by myself. This was, I hadn't gone to the movies alone until I was 24 going on 25. I hadn't gone out to eat alone until I was, and I'm not talking about like going to McDonald's, picking something up and going back. I'm talking going to a restaurant, telling the hostess, table for one, please, and sitting alone and eating a meal. That was the first time I'd done that. I still remember the restaurant. I went to, I don't know if it's still there, but I went to Johnny on Hempstead Turnpike. I used to live out in Elmont. And I went to a Japanese restaurant and I tried an eel roll for the first time. Never had one. So that was a double whammy. So I did that for, I don't know how long. I don't know if I was able to consistently do it for all 30 days, but I had a really good run. Um, I baked a cake from scratch. Uh, I tried, I tried to try shrimp, like, but with the face on, couldn't do it, y'all. Um, but that was more sustainable at a 30 day window because I was so young. There were still so many things that I'd never done that were still very basic and easy to accomplish. At this bigly age of 37, there aren't too many like really traditional regular life things that I could really think of off top that I still haven't really done. So I wouldn't necessarily um, partake or embark on a 30 day, uh, try something new, but maybe 14 days, seven days, five days, find your comfort zone, right? Be realistic. Give yourself a goal that you can actually meet. But try something new every fucking day. Try, don't even put a time frame on it if you don't want to. Just try something, commit to trying something new every day and see how long you can let that go. Start saying yes to things that reasonably aren't going to hurt you or aren't going to put yourself, put yourself into a shit situation for the future. But new foods, new experiences, um, new television shows, new reading materials. Every once in a while, read some shit that you don't have any interest in and you may be surprised what you can be interested in. So trying new things was definitely first thing on my list. And that also gets you in the right state of mind so that when you're traveling, you're more inclined, you're more inclined to want to, um, it's, it's, it's a second, I don't want to say it's a second nature, but it's, a used muscle. It's something that you've done before as opposed to, all right, well, I'm already in this new neighborhood. I've never been here before. That's enough for me. When you're more used to trying new things, when you're more, 
um, open to change, if you will, I find that at least in my experience, it becomes a little bit easier to say yes to those situations that may not come again um, because you have traveled, because you're out of your comfort zone and because you're not home, because you're in a new environment, you're in a new country, a new state, a new city, whatever the new is, you are someplace different and are now presented with different and new opportunities. And if you are used to just trying things, it'll be a lot easier for you to lean into um, really trying things that are eating termites, um, cliff diving, holding a baby octopus or squid. Couldn't tell you what it actually was. These are things that I've done abroad that I've never done or never even, never really would have considered doing had you asked me to do it back home in New York. But because I was used to doing new things, when I got overseas, when I got wherever I was going, all right, fuck it. Let's give it a shot. So number one, get used to trying new things. Number two, I was going to say talk to strangers, but in all honesty, I don't do that shit here. So I can't even say that talking to strangers in regular life is something that prepared me for talking to strangers back, you know, on my travels. I am not really a fan of small talk while I'm home, but while I'm abroad, I will entertain it much more willingly than I will at home. Most of it is just for niceties, just because I'm a pleasant and polite person, but also because I know that when I'm traveling, I am way less likely, at least in my head, to run into this person or to run into someone that is from this area. So I'm more inclined to be like, oh, I wonder what people like, I wonder what people are like out here. The only way to find out is to engage with people out here. So I engage, but um, in fairness, it's not because I engage with people here. I'm just nice everywhere. That I am at home also. I am fucking nice. I'm just a nice person. I smile, I'll answer, I respond, but I'm not the walk up, hey, let's be friends, hand extended to shake. Not happening. So talk to strangers, eh, that could be like a 1B, if you will. Something new, right? But next, like, absolutely on the list was a self audit. So I truly, 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 especially when it comes to intentional traveling, I truly believe that self audits and check-ins are one of the most important parts of a successful vacation. And this happens to work on both ends. So it also helps, it helps very much when you are on a trip to check in with yourself, right? Am I comfortable here? Do I like this? Um, and by comfortable here, I mean like your immediate surroundings. It's not, I don't mean like um, I'm in Mexico. Am I comfortable in Mexico? It's like, no. Am I comfortable in this Airbnb? Is my intuition telling me anything? Is there anything janky or shady that I have seen that is raising any, you know, alerts or antenna, like things like that. That's what I mean. Like, am I comfortable here? Those types of uh, check-ins while you're on a trip, very important. Do I need rest? Do I need excitement? Do I need um, outdoors? Do I need something inside? Do I need to just kind of blase out on this Airbnb couch? Or do I need to just push through and then just walk around the neighborhood and see where I land? 
Those type of self check-ins while you're traveling, yes, very important. However, pay attention to yourself in regular life because I promise you, when you see certain patterns, they're much easier to recognize and kind of keep yourself from spiraling. So for example, what did I have here? Oh, perfect. So are you a morning person or are you a night owl? If you're a morning person, maybe consider booking that red eye flight. Maybe don't consider booking the last flight of the day. Because if you know that you're generally shit by nine, 10 o'clock, trying to navigate an airport at 1130 for like a midnight flight may not be the best move. And inversely, if you know you're a night owl and you don't do mornings, expecting yourself to wake up at 2 a.m. for like a 5 a.m. flight may not be the best, may not be the best fit for you. So those are little things right there, right? Also things like, um, have you not been sleeping well? Or me, my own life experience, my back. <laughs> I'm at that age where I got, I need, I need a good bed. I have to have a good pillow and I have to have a good bed. I know these things about me. I know that I don't, I know that I will be in physical pain if I don't sleep well. If I am uncomfortable while I'm sleeping, I'm gonna be uncomfortable the next day as well. So I will book places that have stellar reviews of the bed. I go through those comments and I wanna find people talking about the bed is wild comfortable. Even the pillows are great. The bed is great. The mattress is comfortable. The mattress is comfortable. I look for those reviews because I know that that is important to me. I don't wanna put myself in a situation where I'm setting myself up to fail. Um, Yes, another one. I know myself. I am not confrontational. I do not like engaging in conversations and I don't like high stress situations. I'm very laid back. I don't really want tension. I don't like friction. I don't like that. Some people live for it. They are here for, you know, back and forths. They love arguing. I don't, that's just not me. So one thing that I will not do is book an Airbnb with mad rules, not doing it. Because guess what? I'm not fucking doing them. I'm not paying attention. Talking about separating trash this way. The trash has, I'm not taking the trash out. So I know that I'm not going to have, I'm not going to have that back and forth with you after the fact. I'm not going to have you rate me poorly. I'm not going to have, you know, I'm not going to have a reason to rate you poorly because you wasn't watching your mouth and you were saying some wild shit. Like I'm not doing that. So I know that when I'm booking, I look for places that do not have boom, 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 37 different house rules. Reasonable expectations, I am all for. I am absolutely going to leave it the way I found it. I am absolutely going to respect your neighbors. I'm absolutely going to respect things like, you know, uh, we ask that, um, like something like no smoking in the building. That's easy, I'm not a smoker. Um, But things like some places, I remember one was, uh, no shoes in the, what do you call it? In the Airbnb. Miss, I don't know you. I don't know the 50,000 other people you've had in this listing. So the idea of me walking around this bitch without shoes, not fucking happening. So I'm not, now granted, that's a rule that I would absolutely blow off. I ain't even gonna hold you. 
that is because I'm not going to I'm not an idiot, right? I'm not stepping in dirt and mud and then walking through your apartment. Like I'm just not that kind of person, right? But I've seen listings with a ton of fucking rules that it's a red flag. It's an immediate, not even a flag. It's a light. It's a stop sign. It's a detour. It's a road closure. It's a no for me. Um, so things like that. I book with super hosts. I don't want to have to meet up with you to, uh, to grab the key. I don't want to have that back and forth. I don't want it. I don't. So knowing these things about myself in advance, I pay attention to the way that I am with the people in my regular life, with my coworkers, with my loved ones, with strangers, with people in the grocery store, with people at the gas station, with people at um, birthday parties, wherever it is I fucking go. I am pretty self-aware at this point with the different things that, you know, I don't want to say set me off, but my little triggers. Like I am pretty up to date with what I will and won't do. And that's because I try to pay more attention. I try to, you know, assess and evaluate what has changed from the way I am today as compared to the way I was a month ago, six months ago, a year ago, whatever your time frame is going to be, pay attention to yourself, right? Spend time figuring out who you are, who, what you like and what you don't like so that you can better navigate your own self while you travel. Next on the list was paying, paying attention to stuff. Similarly to the previous point, what can and can't you do with or without? So I was talking to Lo, shout out to Lola. She's been on a few episodes and she was actually just out in Qatar with incredible fucking seats. She was like field. She was on field seats, like bad bitch seats. Um, at what, what, what's the soccer thing? Uh, World Cup in Qatar. So shout out to Lo. Um, I think her homegirl's cousin plays for Senegal. So I don't know if they won, but go Senegal. So she was saying that coffee is her thing. Like she will, she travels with her coffee, her creamer and her coffee maker. And I'm like, I'm with it. I, I feel you. I follow, but I am team carry on. So that wouldn't work for me. And then I realized click, duh. Yeah, it could. Because I too take my coffee. Don't want to say very seriously, but I do look for listings that have a, that have like coffee maker listed. Um, but it's not a make or break. It's not a deal breaker. Best case scenario, I find a cafe. I also like to go to places that have uh, very good walking scores or that have just things that I know. I'm a walker. I know that about me. I am going to want to walk someplace. Um, not just because it will save money, but because I want to see what's going on around me. I find that walking around a neighborhood is the best way for me to take it in. I get to explore, stop in shops, talk to people. 
I'm one of those people that likes looking at people walking dogs. I like looking at the dogs. I notice your dog before I notice you. Um, but I like walking. So I will, I will absolutely choose, um, accommodations that have things that I can walk to or that are in neighborhoods that just have a ton of, you know, walkable amenities. I want restaurants. I want bars, shops, preferably. So if I can't make coffee in my room, chances are I've booked someplace that has coffee that I can walk to. However, y'all know that they have, uh, you can travel, carry on a French press. You can do the coffee top maker, like the ones that aren't electronic. They don't hold any um, liquids. Well, they do, but they don't come pre-installed with liquids or something like that. And they're not that large. You can get them at like six by three inches or whatever. They, you know, coffee press is about the same size as maybe like, I'd say like a Gatorade container. Um, A little bit more cumbersome, but... The point is, you can do it. Put your coffee grounds. If you're only going for like a week, put it in a fucking Ziploc bag. Throw in a plastic spoon. Boom. You could do um, same thing with your creamer. Again, they're not liquids. So you're good to travel with them. It's, you know, it's, and then God forbid they make you throw it out. You have your coffee maker at least. You can pick up some coffee at the grocery store or the boat, the bodega. Like they got bodegas everywhere. At a store, CVS, if you're doing in the States, CVS, Walgreens, that kind of thing, right? So there are ways that knowing yourself can absolutely either one, encourage you to be proactive and make sure you bring the things that will make you comfortable, or two, you can be proactive and make sure that you are in a situation that gives you the best options to have that need met. So knowing that coffee is a deal breaker for you, you're either going to bring your own or you're going to make sure you're in a location that is um, accessible to you getting what you want. What else did I have on this one? I had, um, oh, I realized about me. I used to travel with a pair of heels just in case, like, cause I just thought it was absolutely like good travel decorum that you be prepared for any situation. Well, for me, any situation is cool with a pair of chucks. I'm not wearing heels. I don't wear heels to weddings. I don't wear them to funerals. I don't wear heels because I don't like heels. I am uncomfortable in them as cute as they are. And I goofy me, I still buy them. I'm looking at a shelf and a, a bin full of heels full of heels. I like to have them just in case I decide I want to wear a pair of heels, but it's not my thing. So I know I can leave them behind. I am not likely to go someplace where I have to wear heels. I have worn heels to the last four weddings I think I've gone to. So I'm pretty sure that, um, wherever I'm going, someplace that isn't home should be okay with me wearing a pair of chucks. It is what it is. But that's something that I know about me. I know that I can leave that behind because I am not committed to that look. But I know this because I've done that audit. I'm comfortable. (laughs) If you know, you are going to be super pissed if the opportunity arises and you are not prepared, commit to your peace of mind and bring the fucking shoes. 
pack them well so that they're not really taking up a lot of space or opt for an option that is more easily packable. But figure out what you need to do to accommodate for what is going to make you most comfortable. And the way to do that is to know what's gonna make you most comfortable. Check in. What are things that you are willing to do with and without? I learned to, I was traditionally an overpacker for a long time, especially when I um, did more of my state to state traveling. I think when I started doing like international travel, I and that was late in life for me. I was 30, 31 before I left the country. I was 20, it was January, 2017 was the first time I left the country. And by then I was already team carry on because they lost my luggage a couple years prior. I had one of the times I'd gone to New Orleans. I ended up finding the luggage, but it was like after two hours of sitting in the airport, my brother surprised me to come pick me up, miss my brother. He was away at college at the time. So I hadn't seen my brother in months. So he had surprised me. I didn't know he was home. My parents sent him to pick me up from the airport instead of my dad. He's sitting outside waiting for me the whole time. I don't know. He's the one that came to get me. So I missed that opportunity because of lost fucking luggage. And after that day, I never checked the bag of luggage unless I was forced to. That being the case, I learned not to overpack. I learned that I don't need seven pairs of jeans for a three-day trip just to have the options you learn to figure out you learn to do with what you got especially when you realize that you've done it before I have never worn everything on a trip I have yes absolutely like damn I wish I'd brought that I've every trip I forget something but I have learned to do with less because I realized that I actually don't need anything more. It just works for me because I've checked in. I have done that audit and I have absolutely become comfortable with sometimes you just got to woosah, push it to the side and let it fucking go. You don't need everything you think you do. Uh, What else did I have here? Mm. Another thing that I think many of us can do a little work on is knowing the people in our lives. Who can you count on in a crisis? So there's always, God willing, there's always, you know, your ride or dies, right? Like there are certain people like your best friend or, you know, your parents, grandparents, cousins, I'm hoping that we all have a best friend or a partner or someone that we can turn to and we know 10 toes down, they always gonna have us. But sometimes you have to kind of learn to assess, like depending on how old you are, maybe early 20s, you may not have learned that every friend isn't for every situation, right? Um, You got your club friend, you got your church friend, You got the friend that, you know, you can leave in the room with your parents. Um, There are friends for different situations. And that also applies to when you're in crises. And crises doesn't necessarily have to be something like life-threatening or dangerous. It could be something as simple as, my God, 
I really want to talk to this guy next to me on the plane, but it's a seven hour flight and I'm too afraid to say anything. I don't know if I should say something like right now, should I wait till we're about to land? Like, I don't know what to do. So you got to sometimes have that friend on the back of your head that you know is going to put the battery in your back. Sometimes you know what friend to go to for the encouragement, for the, the um, not the pity party, but for the hype party, the friend that is going to encourage you to go for it, the friend that is going to encourage you to take reasonable risks. Then you have your friend depending. And now also this depends on your personality. If you know that you need someone to edit you, then sometimes you need to consider maybe I don't call the best friend because I know the best friend is team me and the best friend is going to be like, you know, I would do the same thing. We're on, do it. Sometimes you might need to call the cousin or the sibling or the other best friend or the other friend that is just like, okay, sounds fun. However, have we considered that you've got this presentation at work first thing in the morning when you get back. So maybe staying at the, you know, bar later than X is a bad idea. Whatever the case may be is evaluate your team. Think about the people that you have that you can count on and call on for different situations. If you know that you are not really um, like a foodie, if you're not really aware of different types and um, I guess methodologies or not even methodologies, but just foods. I know that my partner, he is my food and beverage go-to. If there's ever a question about food or a spirit, liquor, liquor, not beer, beer's not really his thing, but hard alcohols, any kind of foods, I know I can ask this man and he will have an answer for me or he will have some variation of, no, I'm not familiar with that, but I know that it is similar to X. So let me check and he'll know where to go for the information. So I know that he is my food and beverage person. My dad is my car person. Like my dad knows anything about a car. I feel like I can ask my dad. And this is more so like traditional cars, like the newer ones with all like the computers and stuff. Not really his bag, but if I have any kind of like technical or fixie or tool or just your traditional ask a man kind of thing, I know I'm gonna call my dad and ask my dad because my dad knows a lot of that fix shit, put things together and car things. Those are the people that, granted, I know my dad is not necessarily the emotional support person. Love my dad. He actually surprised me one time and got me through that panic attack in the airport. I was not expecting it. However, when I need emotional support, or if I need someone to just listen or um, give more compassionate replies as opposed to you're going to be okay, um, I know best friend is there for that. Or I can ask my mom. Like I know that there are certain people who, while they want to help, just may not be the best fit for the type of help that I am going to respond best to. So those are things to kind of keep in mind. So like, my dad in a lot of ways for a lot of my life has always just been the, oh, I got to ask my dad. I'll talk to my dad about it. But there's always been certain things I know that he's not going to be the best for. But that had to, I had to learn that where I had to learn that mm, 
Love him. Great guy. Great guy. Not really the best with feelings. So you you navigate that. You don't say like, all right, well, now I have nobody because this one person doesn't have the answer for me. Nowhere to get. It's kind of like when, I don't know if y'all did it this way. I always knew I was fortunate to have both my parents in the house. So I always knew what parent to ask for what, right? I always knew like for permission, I go to my mom for shit. I know I have no business wanting or needing, or if it's something I need, I go to my mom. If it's something I want, I go to my dad. I know that because I know who those parents are to me. And I want you to do the same thing with your circle. Know what friends and what associates, what family, what whomever you have in your life. And this is, I'm talking wild shit about my dad and this is him talking to me now. Um, well, he's sending me a text, not talking to me, but who can you count on in a crisis? Not necessarily always a bad situation. It could be a great situation, but keep a rolling, not a rolling tally or a, a list, but consider who you can go to for certain things and really pay attention to the people that you go to for different reasons in your life. So that when you are in a situation where you need to tap back in with home, you know who you can call. You know who is going to be best suited for different um, scenarios. I think scenarios. Yeah, you know who would be best suited for different scenarios in your life at that point. And I feel like that advice is probably best for those youngers of us, but also a good reminder for the older ones. Uh, Just because someone has traditionally been in that space for you, um, reevaluate also if you may or may not be, I don't want to say taking advantage of, but maybe not necessarily being as considerate or as um, fair with the asks of that person's time. Like sometimes you kind of go to the one person for everything. Consider who you can diversify your asks with. So hopefully something in there, relatable content for you. Um, And, ooh, this was a fun one and a weird one. So I'm not a saver. I know that I am more of an immediate gratification kind of person. It's just who I am. And so what works for me is what I call kind of like reverse spending. So I can't just say I'm going to take this. Well, actually I do. I do take money. I have money automatically come out of my check and it goes to savings and I don't think about it. But I am not very good at say I have a trip coming. Like I know we've got something coming up in January. At least we think we're doing something. We're pretty sure we're doing something in January. Have I saved up? Not a fucking all. But one thing that did work at a previous time for me was, like I said, the reverse spending. So say I wanted, I want to buy something, crab legs. Favorite takeout, crab legs are my favorite food. I, I ordered them a lot. But 
when I know that I have a trip coming up and I am more in line with wanting to put money to the side for the trip, or if I just want to have money on hand for just when that flight, when I finally figure out what my vacation is going to be, or if I want to um, do a destination that I originally couldn't have afforded, what I'll do is buy what I want, but not buy what I want. If I want crab legs, I'm going to make this, but I'm in the space where I can say, no, nah, I'm not going to do it today. I will instead take the $40, $45 that I would have spent ordering that and throw that in my savings. And for me, the immediate gratification of seeing that $40 in my savings account after not buying the crab legs is like, okay, so I am getting the crab legs. And instead of getting the crab legs, I am getting, I don't know fucking airport food because airport food is wild expensive for me just the seat like I'm still spending that $40 but I'm spending it differently like I'm instead of this $40 going to crab legs I am sacrificing the crab legs for future me's travel plans so I'm taking that money and putting it in whether it be a savings account or a you know envelope in your junk drawer or in a sneaker you don't wear, whatever you do with your money. I like to say, all right, I really want to get these sneakers, but I know I don't fucking need any more sneakers. I'm absolutely fine without these, but you know what though? Let me do it this way. I can actively feel as if I am doing something for myself. I'm still buying something, but it's just not right now. So instead of spending the 130 on another pair of fucking Air Max, I'm gonna put that in the savings account. So now I see my Air Max in my savings account. I'm looking at it and it's just like, all right, I'm not gonna get these Air Max now, but I'm going to get now like in, for me, in my mind, it is still the immediacy of the spending the money because I'm just taking the money out of my account. But it is, it's something about the way my brain works that that is very rewarding to me. Not rewarding enough that I do it often. We're going to be clear about that. But just a little suggestion, if traditional saving doesn't really work for you, micro save, micro spend, reverse spend whatever you want to call it that works for you call it that but I will take the money that I was going to put on something that I know damn well I don't have to spend the money on and I'll put that in my savings account and it is rewarding to me because something about it still feels very immediate so as I like to tell y'all every fucking week travel is so much more than vacation. And in this episode, I hope that you have found a way that you can pour into yourself, learn about yourself, and apply that to future self so that future self is the more actualized and more appreciated version of self that you get to actually really, really tap in and enjoy your vacation, enjoy your trip, enjoy your experiences the way that you absolutely deserve to enjoy them. Pay attention to you now so that future you can enjoy the best that you have to offer. So that's it, guys. 
I hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll see you guys next week. Bye.